Hi there, and welcome to Even If, a weekly podcast about standing firm when life is shaking. I'm your host, Kelly Strife. Strife rhymes with wife. And together, we're finding the courage to approach uncertain and unwanted seasons of life through a posture of faith that stands firm and declares, even if he doesn't, he is still good. You don't have to know me super well to know that the quickest way to get me to do something is to tell me that I can't. Something happens to me physically and mentally when I'm challenged. And suddenly I can accomplish things that I never would have expected, that you never would have expected. Underestimate me, count me out, overlook me, and that's when I am showing up. Before Imogen was born, we had prepared a lot for childbirth. We were first-time parents, wanting to go into it with our birth plan. And of course, we knew things wouldn't necessarily go according to that plan, but we picked a technique that could help us even if those plans had to change. We had prepared a lot mentally and physically, and we really were as ready as we could possibly be. And then after we found out that Imogen's heart had stopped beating and we realized that we were still going to have to deliver her, we were completely at a loss for how to proceed because clearly we had not planned on that. We had planned to try to give birth without medication, and in some ways, that decision felt pointless now. There wasn't any real advantage to delivering that way any longer. But at the same time, so many things were being stolen from us, and we'd lost so much control already that holding on to that plan felt like one thing we could maintain, one thing that we wanted to protect. It felt like maybe that labor and delivery experience could still look something like what we had prepared for. We had practiced the hypnobaby's birthing method, if you're familiar with that. And so we'd spent weeks listening to these hypnosis tracks. But then when we turned them on during labor, they had completely the opposite effect of what they were supposed to do. And maybe they would have anyway. But the language and the music and the scripts were all so focused on a calm, relaxing, enjoyable birth experience. And that was the opposite of what we were experiencing. It felt impossible during our labor and delivery. And honestly, we weren't trying to stay calm. We weren't trying to manage the pain. The physical pain that I was experiencing was minuscule. It was nothing compared to the emotional heartbreak that we were carrying. And when the contractions started to pick up, Peter turned a track on bless his heart, still trying to protect and preserve this experience. And I very quickly let him know that it was not helpful and we would not be listening to that track and we would no longer be participating in the hypno-babies delivery method. And so he turned it right back off, didn't ask any questions, just turned it off. I think we listened to less than 30 seconds total during labor because we weren't laboring for the same outcome any longer. We weren't laboring toward a healthy baby. The goal had changed for us. And so our method had to change too. So we quickly created a playlist when we first arrived at the hospital. And when it came time to push, we turned it up. We'd had it playing the whole time we were there, but in those moments, we turned it up. The doctor had cleared the room at that point, and we had about 20 or 30 minutes while they set up and got everything ready for us to push. And so we worshiped. We sang these songs at the top of our lungs 
and in whispers under our breath while the nurse checked my blood pressure and got my pulse and then got us into position to deliver. And there was literally a moment where Peter and I both had our hands in the air and we were singing out our praise. And I looked at the nurse and I said, you know, you can grab my arm if you need it. You can do whatever you need to do with my body. Physically, you're in charge, but we're not here. We're not present here. Our spirits were in another world, in another realm, and we were untouchable here on earth. And there was so much power in that revelation. It was in those moments of worship that we realized that we were untouchable. No matter what happened in the next few minutes and hours, no matter how our prayers were answered, no matter whether life was restored to Imogen here on earth or not, Satan couldn't touch us. We were invincible. Our hearts were fixed on God no matter what. And so these songs, this playlist was playing while Imogen was born And while we prayed over her after she was born, hoping that her heart would miraculously start beating again. And worship felt counterintuitive. It felt unexpected and rebellious and defiant. And that seemed like the perfect choice. I am sure we're not the first people or the only people to worship our way through delivery, but it certainly was not the norm or the expected choice given our circumstances. And in those moments, we chose songs that declared God's goodness, that declared our faith in his miraculous power, and that declared his nearness to us in the battle, in the fire, in the pain. Our friend Jordan, who'd been at the hospital with us, actually created the playlist. She's the one that put it together. And I still can't read the description that she wrote without crying. She titled it Miracle Baby Imogen. And she wrote in the description, you got this baby. We are ready to meet you. In the name of Jesus, we declare the breath of God into your lungs, your heartbeat back in full stride, and all your organs to wake up and live again. And so we sang these songs in full faith and expectation of who God is and what he's able to do. But of all the songs we sang, the song we sang the loudest was the song, Raise a Hallelujah. It was written by Jonathan and Melissa Helzer. We know their hearts. We've experienced their faith. And we knew that this song had been written when another little boy was fighting for his life in California. And when it seemed like he wasn't going to make it, when it seemed like death was coming for him, they started singing. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me. I'm gonna sing. In the middle of the storm, louder and louder, you're going to hear my praises roar. Up from the ashes, hope will arise. Death is defeated, the king is alive. And we sing those words over and over and over. 
So many people actually sent us that song in the days and weeks after Imogen was born. Friends even were sending it to us while we were in the hospital. They were saying that they were singing and declaring that song over us, even in those hours. And it's become an anthem for us in this season. We sang it at Imogen's service later that summer because there is something beautifully defiant about singing in the middle of the storm. There is something incredibly rebellious about roaring our praises in the face of death. And there is something revolutionary about wielding our worship as a weapon. It didn't make any sense. This should have taken us out. This should have been the knockout blow. We should have thrown up the white flag but we were not going down without a fight. And something incredible happens when you walk through the fire and it doesn't take you out. You develop this, come at me, you can't touch me, take your best shot, but I will not bow kind of faith. And it feels powerfully defiant to look suffering in the face, to stare it down and say, you can't have my voice. You can't have my praise, my affection, my song. You can take my plans, my dreams, my comfort, my security, my future, my success, my expectations, my ease. You can take the things I love the most and the people I thought I could never live without. You can come for everything I value and hold most dear, but you can't have my worship. No matter how shaky my voice gets, it won't ever change its tune. And over and over again throughout the last 12 months, we have found ourselves singing words that didn't make any sense in light of our current season, in light of our current circumstance, declaring praises that were costly and expensive and audacious coming out of our mouths. But knowing that every word we declare, every melody we sing, every tune we belt out with shaky voices is an act of war, a declaration of where our allegiance lies, of who's on our team and who is fighting alongside us. Because our battle isn't against flesh and blood. Ephesians 6, 12 tells us our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. But we're not in this battle alone. God hasn't left us defenseless to fight for ourselves. He has given us weapons to command, people to fight alongside of us, and he has promised us that victory is certain. And I don't know that I would say worship is the easy option. For us, it was the only option, but it was always the only option. It was a weapon that we could wield when the battle became fierce. I'll put a link to Miracle Baby Imogen's playlist on Instagram and in the show notes because maybe you need to choose worship today too. Not because it's easy, not because it's comfortable, not because it's the natural choice, not because it'll take your pain away, not because it will fix your circumstance or even change the realities of your life here on earth, but because it helps you stare down evil and refuse to go down with it, to stand firm and to keep fighting no matter how hopeless it feels. Thanks so much for joining us for this week's episode of Even If. My prayer is that even if your knees are weak, today's episode offers you enough strength to keep standing firm. 
If this message resonates with you, or if you know someone who needs to borrow a little strength of their own, there are two ways that you can help spread the word. First, leaving a rating and review will help people find this podcast when they need it most. And it lets me know that people are listening and joining in. Reviews are super important in the podcast world, and I'd be so grateful if you'd take 30 seconds to rate and review. Second, spreading the word on social media helps get this message out farther than I ever could on my own. So please feel free to share this podcast and tag your friends that would love this as much as you. I always continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at kelly.strife if you want to join us there. And don't forget to subscribe to make sure these episodes show up automatically in your feed each week. See you back here next week for the next episode of Even If.